are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, January 17th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please help me out by going following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. It'll help me out tremendously, and it's all for free. Wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, what's up, everyone? As always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. Feels like it's been a while, right, folks? Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, who don't, you know, keep up with the social media accounts and everything. First off, shame on you, though. Go follow Talkin' Hockey on Twitter. You'll get all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Go follow Lockdown Blackhawks as well on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Basically, any social media app you're on, you can find Lockdown Blackhawks now. Um, you'll be kept up to date with all the latest Blackhawks news, like I said, as well as a bunch of other good content from those sources. Uh, but for those of you who didn't hear, I did test positive for COVID-19 last week, and uh, it hasn't been a whole lot of fun for the first couple of days there. I was down real bad, uh, and I seriously spent like two or three days there in a row laying in bed doing absolutely nothing. It was awful. So that's why there weren't any new episodes in the latter latter half of last week. Um, I apologize for that, but there was nothing really I could do. I was bedridden. I'm still... It's a little bit sniffly. The sinuses are really what's still affecting me right now. I'm a little dry uh, in my mouth, my nose. I'm either sniffly or super dry. It goes back and forth, and the throat's still a little raspy. So I'm probably going to be drinking plenty of water on the show today. Don't mind me, folks. But yeah, that's the reason for the ep- for um, no episodes in the latter half of last week. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was barely able uh, to have the strength to tweet out the game updates from my bed. So uh, just kind of an unfortunate situation there, but I'm back. Definitely feeling better here to start the week. The fever is gone, as I said, uh, basically just dealing with sinus issues now. Uh, But I'm very excited to be back here with all of you on Lockdown Blackhawks because on the show today, we got plenty to discuss with this being uh, the first episode in a handful of days. On the show today, I'll discuss the Chicago Blackhawks being in the midst now of a four-game winning streak, which is the second time they've been able to do that now under interim head coach Derek King. I'll also talk about top prospect Lucas Reichel's brief stint up at the NHL for the first time, uh, as well as all the Blackhawks' latest COVID-19 updates. I'll get into a preview of tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken as well. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. To open things up today, though, folks, let's get into all of the 
latest Blackhawks news from the past couple of days that I've missed on the show. Uh, I'm not going to go over everything because there have just been uh, a ton of moves recently due to COVID. Ian Mitchell's gone back and forth. handful of guys from the taxi squad have gone up and down, up and down. Nicholas Bodan. There has been a lot, but I I just think, first off, the most important thing I got to start with on the show today is the Hawks putting together four consecutive uh, four consecutive victories now. Ever since they had that uh, terrible loss to the Arizona Coyotes, that infamous players-only meeting that Derek King wasn't wasn't allowed into following the game. Um, ever since then, the Hawks have found a way to rattle off four in a row here. They upset Vegas two to one to start it out, going from losing to the worst team in the league to beating the top team in the Western Conference at that time. Uh, then they followed that up by beating the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus 4-2 to despite losing Seth Jones, which was pretty unfortunate. Uh, and then they defeated the lowly Canadians 3-2, to a Canadians team that only had one win uh, since the beginning of December heading into that one, so the Blackhawks took advantage of that. And then on Saturday, ooh, excuse me, need some water. <sighs> Oof. Mouth is so dry, it's terrible. And then on Saturday, um, Hawks put together a 3 to nothing win over a team that's currently in a playoff position in the Anaheim Ducks, and that was probably one of the best games I've seen the Blackhawks play all season long. There was finally a really good pace for both sides, a lot of back-and-forth action. The Hawks were able to create a lot off the rush, one of the few times this season where um, the offense just appeared to be clicking in transition. The passing was good. And they were making plays. They had a lot of opportunities. They wound up only scoring three goals, and one of which was an empty netter from Dominic Kubalik. Um, but with the way they were playing and the tempo of that game, they could have easily had five or six in that one. Same with Anaheim. That's how good Mark Andre Fleury was too. Um, but just good to see, you know, the Blackhawks finally create a lot of quality scoring opportunities, even down some of their top forwards. That was definitely. Uh, a pleasant surprise. And on the flip side, the defense, I've thought, uh, especially without the top pairing of Jake McCabe and Seth Jones, both those guys uh, were have been in COVID protocol for the past couple of games. So the Blackhawks being without their top pairing, essentially uh, their best two defensemen this season, they still found ways to, you know, shut down the opposing offenses and put together a pretty strong defensive effort. Uh, Got to give a lot of credit to, you know, guys like Calvin DeHaan who stepped up and jumped onto the top pairing without those two. I feel like DeHaan's been blocking everything these past few games. Um, Connor Murphy's also been playing some big minutes. Riley Stillman is randomly in the midst of a five-game point streak right now. His offensive progression has been a huge bonus to his game all of a sudden. And then I got to give credit to young Jakob Galvis as well, who has now played uh, three games in a row for the Blackhawks, his first three up at the NHL level. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. And um, Galvis jumped in and you know, played the part from his first shift, immediately was thrown in there as a second-pairing guy playing 20 minutes a night. There wasn't, like, really any transition period for him coming up to the NHL, which might be, you know, the most impressive part about this strong start that Galvis has gotten off to because he was kind of thrown right into the fire by Mark Crawford, who's in charge of the defense for the Blackhawks. But it seems like, you know, there, there may have been a good reason for that because... Galvis has more than handled his own so far here, and uh, 
His ascend as of late has definitely played a huge impact on the Blackhawks, holding strong defensively despite being without Seth Jones and Jake McCabe. Some good news for the Hawks, though, by the way. Uh, Jake McCabe did clear COVID protocol yesterday, and looks like he could be on the cusp of returning later today against the Seattle Kraken. I'll have plenty more on that situation a little bit later on in the show. Um, but that combination of, you know, Im- improved offense with the way they've been playing, I think they've been due for the better goal output than they've put put up in these past couple of games. Um, so with that combo of the defense holding strong, the offense, I think, starting to pick it up a little bit, even without a couple of big players. Um, Patrick Kane's now scored goals in back-to-back games. That definitely helps the offense's cause when he's finally finding the back of the net. He went well over a month without a goal there. Um, and both of those came on the power play as well for the Hawks too. So always nice when the man advantage is able to chip in and the Hawks uh, can put up a good fight in the special teams department. All of that, you know, has played a huge role in the Blackhawks putting together four wins in a row now after losing six in a row prior to that. Um, of course, I also have to give a lot of credit to Marc-Andre Fleury as well because he's been in net for each of those four victories that the Blackhawks have won in a row here. Uh, and he's only surrendered five goals total during that current winning streak. He cannot forget about the flower here because his play has been nothing short of tremendous as of late, which is what we've come to expect since uh, Derek King has kind of taken over. Marc-Andre Fleury has really been an ace back there for the Hawks. Um, But the Hawks, they really needed this. Really needed this really badly after that six-game losing streak. They needed to take advantage of this little ease-up that they had in their schedule. And the schedule is something that I've talked about a decent amount on the show for the past couple of months. Uh, December and early January, I remember talking about this back around Thanksgiving. There was no way around it. That was going to be a tough stretch for the Blackhawks. A lot of tough road games, even the ones they had at home, came against good opponents. Uh, So it was tough sledding there for a little bit. But in the past few games here, let's look at who they've been able to defeat. Other than the Vegas Golden Knights to start off this winning streak. They were able to beat a a struggling Blue Jackets squad. I believe they only had two wins uh, or or maybe two wins in their last nine games, something along those lines. They've been struggling. Uh, And then Montreal, you know, literally a dumpster fire in their Maybe the most injury-plagued team I've ever seen in the NHL. It's absolutely ridiculous, all the injuries they've dealt with. (coughs) Excuse me. Gosh, this is terrible. Um, and then on Saturday, yeah, I did, you know, the Ducks, they are in a playoff position, but they've also lost 5-7 here so far in 2022. So the Hawks, to their credit, have taken advantage of this stretch here to get their record back to 15-18-5. And, and I know the record still isn't great. Technically, they're 15-23, and 23, but that record slowly but surely is getting closer and closer back to that 500 mark. And uh, the Hawks, they have another game tonight here against a struggling Seattle Kraken team that's lost 12 of their last 13 and 9 in a row. So it's another one where the Hawks need to take advantage because after this, schedule's not going to be a cakewalk anymore. It goes back to being incredibly tough. Hawks got 
uh, a bunch of games in the near future against two of the top teams in the division in the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. So I think it's really key for the Hawks that they move this winning streak to five games here before a tough weekend back-to-back with the Minnesota Wild. Probably the other biggest news coming out these past few days for the Blackhawks was top prospect Lucas Reichel's first NHL stint up with the Blackhawks. And there had been a ton of talk about Reichel recently being, you know, the AHL player of the week right when he returned from COVID protocol, 20 points in 20 games with the Ice Hogs on the season. And finally, last Wednesday, the Blackhawks decided to call him up from Rockford, and he went on to make his NHL debut against the Montreal Canadiens, where he skated on the top line along with Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel. It was all smiles from Reichel. He talked with the media before the game about how Patrick Kane was his favorite player growing up, so it was just kind of an incredible moment for him. Uh, to be paired on the same line with him to uh, start off his NHL career. It's also where Reichel remained on Saturday against the Anaheim Ducks as well. But after just two games there and... (sighs) After just two games there and no points from Reichel. A couple of good showings though, I thought. Um, But the Blackhawks already reassigned their top prospect back to the Ice Hogs over the weekend. And I know a lot of people are not happy about that decision, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit I don't really mind this choice here because I like the idea of getting Reichel, you know, a, a few looks here, kind of letting him get a feel of the game and everything that comes along with the NHL, being a professional here, being in that locker room, and it also kind of allows the coaching staff and the development guys to kind of recognize what he may have to work on a little bit. And then he can go back down to the AHL, play a huge role and kind of hone in on his game a little bit. I know I'm probably scarred by what happened with uh, Adam Boquist in the past and maybe even Kirby Doc a little bit to some extent. Um, I do realize every situation is different. No prospect is the same as any other but I, I just really do not want to see Reichel rush to the NHL before he's fully ready. And he looked good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he looks ready. But, you know, he's only 19 years old. He's not even going to be turning 20 until May. And he's only got 20 games in down at the AHL level as well. Let's not forget, this is his first season over in North America. First real experience on the North American sheet. That takes a little bit of adjustment as well. So, and considering, you know, he's just still pretty raw. I know the AHL may not be the most effective competition for him, but I think it's just a good opportunity for him to be getting used to playing big minutes in a big role for his team because that's what the Blackhawks are going to want him to be ready for when they call him up. They don't want to shy him away from anything. They want him to be ready to play a top six role. I think that's the purpose of kind of giving him more time here down in the AHL. I don't know if it's going to be for the rest of the season or what, but this sounds like it is the Blackhawks plan. I just, you know, don't, don't see how this is going to hurt him at only 19 years old. Not even close to being 20 yet. I just don't see how this can hurt him. And there are definitely still things that he can work on. Like, it's it's not like he was dominant from his first shift and lighting it up out there, you know. 
He looked good, but it's not like he was incredible. So, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means, you know, still only 19 years old, still so young, still so raw. I, I personally don't mind this path that the Blackhawks have chosen for him, but that's just my take on it. Either way, I definitely liked what I saw from Lucas Reichel, and I'm seriously excited about the ceiling this kid could have after getting to showcase his stuff a little bit in his first two NHL games up with the Blackhawks. Alright, there is a bunch of the latest news from the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into a quick preview of tonight's matchup with the Seattle Kraken. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure you include Built Bar in your plan, because right now, you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Blueberry muffin or cookies and cream? Either way you choose, Built Bar makes it a lot easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just even taste like a chemical spill. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment two here on the show this morning, let's talk about the Blackhawks matchup later on this afternoon against the Seattle Kraken. As I mentioned earlier, Seattle has lost nine consecutive games coming into tonight and 12 of their last 13. So another huge opportunity for the Blackhawks to further extend their winning streak to a season-long five games. By the way, though, folks, a little bit weird today. This is a matinee start out in Seattle. This will actually be a 4 p.m. Central Time puck drop here for the Blackhawks in Kraken on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. There's actually a bunch of matinee games going on across the NHL. A couple are starting up here rather soon. So um, I know, sadly, a decent amount of folks out there will probably miss a good chunk of this game with it being a 4 o'clock start. But it's a big one for the Hawks. If you can, uh, if you can somehow sneak the game on in that second window browser at work, I think that's definitely the move because... Uh, as I said earlier on the show, after this game, the schedule gets pretty tough again for the Chicago Blackhawks, so I feel it, it's really key here to uh, head into that stretch, starting with a weekend back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild coming up. Um, with that on on the verge here, uh, I, I think it's really key that the Hawks finish strong per se, during this easier stretch and go and get another big two points on the road this afternoon in Seattle. Uh, And taking a look at the Hawks' projected lineup, with this being a 
4 p.m. puck drop central time. It's actually 2 o'clock in Seattle. Uh, there's no way there's going to be a morning skate here. So uh, I'm just kind of taking a stab at who's going to be in there. But uh, based on the COVID updates from the Hawks, we do get a pretty good sense of who's going to be in the lineup. First thing, as I talked about for a second earlier, we do know that Jake McCabe was able to clear COVID protocol yesterday. That's going to be a huge return for the Blackhawks defense. That now leaves only four players in protocol for the Hawks, those four players being Seth Jones, Dylan Strome, Kirby Doc, and Brett Connolly. Not great. Jones has missed the last three games, while Strome and Doc have missed the last two. Connolly was recently added over the weekend. Um, but assuming, again, that neither of those four are... Uh, Going to be able to go here for the Hawks later this afternoon. Seems like Seth Jones would be probably the only one to even have a chance to clear because I, I believe he's closing in on that uh, quarantine date coming up. Um, but if they're all out of the lineup once again, that leaves a pretty clear picture of who's going to be in the lineup for the Hawks later today. Uh, and starting with the forward group, without Strom, Doc, and Connolly, there's currently only 12 forwards on the active roster. So pretty good idea of who's going to be be in there for the Hawks. Uh, the only maybe little debate is that uh, Josiah Slavin, who was recalled once again recently, he's on the active roster. Uh, Mike Hardman has been moved to the taxi squad. That's probably the only semi-close call, although it, it seems like, you know, Slavin, you figure he, he has the leg up being the one on the active roster at the moment. Uh, but starting with the top line for the Blackhawks, without Reichel, He's now back down with the Rockford Icehogs. That leaves Brandon Hagel and Patrick Kane together. I do expect those two to go on the top line once again. Um, but being without both Kirby Doc and Dylan Strome as well, uh, I'm really interested to see who's going to be the top line center in between Hagel and Kane. If I had to guess, I feel like Henrik Borgstrom is probably the most likely candidate because uh, before Hagel went into COVID protocol, that trio had been skating as the top line together and I thought we're moving the puck decently well. So I feel like Borgie may have the advantage right now, but I also wonder if a guy like Philip Kurashev could be due for a look at top line center. I know the Hawks have used him mostly on the wing here so far this year, um, but Kershev has had it going as of late. He's now got three points in his last five games, and honestly, I think he's been one of the most noticeable players for the Hawks during this winning streak. He's made a ton of big plays offensively, so I do think that Kershev also could be in the mix to jump up on the top line. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what Derek King goes with during the pregame warm-ups. Uh, but as for the second line, I have no doubt that that's going to remain as Alex Dabrinkit, Jonathan Taze, and Dominic Kubelik. That trio has had it going on recently. They, they've been probably the Blackhawks' best forward line during this winning streak. And I talked about this actually on the show before I got COVID. Um, there's no reason for that line not to have success. They have it all. And 
it's been nice to see them, you know, since I said that, kind of live up to the expectations. We've now seen Dominic Kubalik score goals in back-to-back games. He's been performing a little bit better. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit just continues to do his thing. By the way, Alex Dabrinkit is the lone all-star representative from the Chicago Blackhawks. Seth Jones is a last man in candidate, so go vote for Seth Jones because I think he deserves to be an all-star. But Alex Dabrinkit is... The Blackhawks, one guy who's officially in, Patrick Kane, interestingly enough, did not make the all-star team. Alex Dabrinkit made it over him. That's interesting, but not interesting. It's just weird to see Patrick Kane not be the one in the all-star game for the Blackhawks, but that's how it goes when you're now in 2022 and uh, 12 years removed from Kane and Taze's first Stanley Cup. Pretty weird to say that, Um, but yeah. Dabrinkit's been great, and even Jonathan Taze, he's been getting his chances a lot recently. He had a really good opportunity to score a goal, basically an open net. I don't know how he didn't put it in. I feel like the Blackhawks have a ton of those throughout the season. I just don't know how they don't score there. Um, But that line's been really good. Taze also now has nine points in his last 13 games, so he's been picking it up. I fully expect those three to remain together once again here tonight against the Kraken. The third line, I feel like, um, is going to be some sort of Sam Lafferty, Mackenzie whistle, and then probably either Borgstrom or Kershev, whichever one doesn't go up on the top line with Hagel and Kane will probably skate with uh, Lafferty and Macker, I would expect. Uh, And Sam Lafferty, by the way, I got to talk about him for at least a second. I really have liked what I've seen from this guy so far. He's got good speed um, and just kind of a, a willingness to bang, get in and get in there on the forecheck, cause havoc. Uh, I like his aggressiveness. I think that's, you know, exactly something the Blackhawks could use a little bit more of in their bottom six, that tenacity and willingness to kind of do it all when he's out on the ice. Um, so kudos to Sam Lafferty. Hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, and then on the fourth line, that would probably leave Jujar Kara, Ryan Carpenter, and Josiah Slavin if he does in fact, draw into the lineup over Mike Hardman like I expect. On defense for the Hawks, um, with Jake McCabe looming, I think he'll probably return today, knock on wood, at least that's the hope, uh, with him clearing protocol yesterday. But uh, with, with McCabe returning, things get interesting here. Ian Mitchell has already been returned to Rockford once again, his roller coaster travel back and forth, back and forth. Uh, continues, but I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Jakob Galvis. I honestly feel like the Hawks are probably going to have him in the lineup tonight over Caleb Jones. I think he's been far better than Caleb has been recently. Um, but where this gets interesting, even more interesting, I should say, is if by some chance Seth Jones is able to return from COVID protocol or even when he does return from protocol in the next couple of days, I don't really know what the Hawks are going to do with Galvis. I mean, he's been, I've thought he's been really good in his three games so far, but I just don't know if there's the room, you know? I think they may have no choice but to return him to Rockford until maybe they make a trade or something along those lines. Probably Calvin DeHaan, if I would have to guess, because I don't think they want to put Caleb Jones through waivers. and. I don't think Gustafson is going anywhere either right now. So, sadly, uh, once Seth Jones comes back, 
I think that will probably be it for Galvis up with the Hawks at this point. Um, but I do expect him to be there in tonight, be in the lineup tonight, probably on the second pairing with uh, Riley Stillman once again if Seth Jones isn't able to clear before the contest. As for who will be in net for the Hawks, this is going to be interesting as well because uh, I figure this would probably be a good game for Kevin Lankinen to finally get back in there uh, after he's been removed from COVID protocol for a couple of days now. Marc-Andre Fleury has started the last six in a row here, um, but I'm curious because with three more off days coming up before the weekend back-to-back against Minnesota, I do wonder if King tries to squeeze the red-hot flurry in there for one more start, get that winning streak to five games, uh, and then be ready for the split during the weekend with Kevin Lankin. And that would probably be the way that I would go about it. But, of course, I'm not the one calling the shots. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not Derek King. I don't know what's best for this team. I like to think I do, but... You know, not all the time we're right here, so it's Kinger's choice. I would completely understand. I, I definitely see the uh, the side of getting Lankinen back in there against a struggling Kraken team. Not only have they lost nine in a row, 12 of their last 13, but they've only scored seven goals as well in their last four games and aren't really known for their offense. They don't got a ton of high-danger weapons on that side, so uh, I get both ends of the spectrum here. So that's why I'm interested to see who King will wind up going with in net tonight against Seattle. But as for the Kraken, uh, it looks like Philip Grubauer is probably going to be the one in net for them as backup Chris Drieger was placed into COVID protocol yesterday. And the goaltender department for the Seattle Kraken has been a huge reason why this team has been both near the bottom of the standings for the entire year, and also near the bottom of the league defensively all year long. They're 31st in the NHL in goals allowed per game coming into this one. And looking at Philip Grubauer's numbers, he's 7-15-4 with a 3-3-7 goals against average and an 8-80 save percentage. I mean, those are like Marc-Andre Fleury's numbers when uh, Jeremy Colleton was still here. They were absolutely horrible. And when I was looking, when I was doing my research on the Kraken, one thing I noticed about them, they're one of just seven teams in the NHL this year to be allowing less than 30 shots on goal per game. So the defense really has been fine. They're not getting their goaltender peppered on a nightly basis or anything. It's just Drieger and Grubauer have not lived up to their end of the bargain here so far, especially Grubauer for what he's getting paid. So hopefully the Hawks offense can keep it up, uh, keep it going here and and take advantage of a Kraken team that hasn't been able to stop the bleeding this year due to their play in net. All right, that takes care of a quick preview of tonight's contest against the Seattle Kraken. Coming up in just a moment is our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season on more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season in the NFL marches toward the divisional round of the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action here in 2022. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today 
and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just got to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment three today. It's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I want to answer today comes from Dalton Vaughn, who emailed in the pad the podcast over the weekend. Excuse me, Dalton. Thank you for reaching out and asking your question. I really appreciate it. Dalton asked, "What's going on with the Pat Foley stuff?" Why, in his final year, are they barely using him and Eddie? Just feels like the worst way to go about his last year. Yeah, I'm um, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. I do, first, feel like they definitely haven't used Pat and Eddie enough, especially because they're just such a rock-solid duo together. I mean, it's so entertaining listening to them in the booth chuckle and have a good time together. It's always been great. Uh, and I also really have liked the addition of Colby Cohen in between the glass. I think that's a really good spot for Colby to be in, either there or in the intermission report, along with uh, Pat Boyle, due to his knowledge of the game. Um, but at the same time, I, I do see why they are looking at like all the options possible here and why they want to give as many people a chance as possible, You know, whether that be... Colby Cohen or um, Steven Nelson was someone else I really liked. Jason Ross, I thought, sounded really good. Uh, Same with Chris Vosters. I really like his voice. I don't think the commentary has been as bad as a whole as some people suggest. There definitely have been some bad ones. Um, But the guys I just mentioned, I've thought all have done a fine job as well so far when they've gotten an opportunity. So I I get why... They're trying out as many people as possible here. You know, they want to have a good sense of who will be replacing Pat after this season. Um, but yeah, it is still definitely tough and kind of a shame that we've only heard Pat and Eddie like a handful of times, I feel, in the past couple of months. I really hope they do allow Pat to kind of go on a, a final hoorah stretch here uh, before it's all said and done. The second question I want to answer today comes from Jacob Rubold, who asked... Is it telling that Jakob Galvis comes up to the NHL and plays a major role right away while Nicholas Bodan and Ian Mitchell barely sniff the ice? Yeah, I mean, that definitely uh, is a, at least a little bit concerning for the development of the two top defensemen probably in uh, most people's eyes in the prospect pool heading into this season. But at the same time, one thing to keep in mind with Galvis is um, he, he's someone who has a lot more professional experience than most people think. He's already played like three or four full seasons at 
the professional level while being overseas. So uh, he is a little bit more seasoned, if you will, ha ha, get it, uh, than, than both Nicholas Bodan and Ian Mitchell at this point, which is definitely something to keep in mind when you're comparing them. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I can't sit here and say that I'm not concerned for the future of those two defensemen, particularly for Bodan, though. He's even struggled with the Ice Hogs a little bit this season. Um, I'm not sure it's telling that Galvis is playing such a big role in comparison to what Bodan and Mitchell have seen, um, but it definitely is a little concerning that those two really haven't been able to take much of a leap here so far this season and haven't done a whole lot with their opportunities that they've been given at the NHL level. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, January 17th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me out on Twitter at JackBushman2 at my personal account, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's make it five in a row tonight against the Kraken. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.